Welcome. You are about to listen to a destiny-changing message preached by Pastor David at Caris Phase 2. Caris Phase 2 is our revival-seeking youth ministry where young people are coming to know Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. Be blessed as you listen. Are you ready for God's Word? Are you sure? I'm reading from Revelation chapter 3 from verse 7 to 12. It says that, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things says, he, he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Because thou hast, kept my, thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon, the, upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Him that has... Him, him, that over, him that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple, wow, in the temple of our God, and he shall not, he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my Father, and I will write upon him my new name. Verse 13, let me add verse 13. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you and thank you again for the privilege to be here together in your presence. We pray that reveal Jesus to us and the truth and the light of Scripture as we get into your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Very interesting text. You know, for some time now, when I've been speaking about God has got a plan, there's a plan. Yes. For some of you, you may not be aware, it's the same thing, it's a continuation. Everything I'm teaching, even in the main church, apart from Colossians, is that it's a continuation of the, uh, is the, the revelation, the deep revelation of Scripture. This whole thing is about David. Somebody say David. David. Say it again. David. Say it louder. Yeah. Make sure if you are starting a family, believe God that you have a David in your family. Yeah. <laughs> it's a blessing to have a David. But not just a name, but an attitude of a David. When I said yesterday at the camp that 
when I've been in church, growing up in church, praise and worship leaders have always made me, I used to be a praise and worship leader myself. I still am. Actually, in a church, the worship leader is not the singer. The worship leader is the teacher. Who teaches the sound theology or sound revelation? Who teaches you God is leading you in worship. So, but I was told and we were made to understand that what is special about David is because he could sing to God. Because David used to sing to God. So God really loved him because he was a singer. And God said, I'm going to raise a son who, from you who sit on a throne. And so if God promised him to give him a son on his throne, won't God do what God made his son do what made him like David? David did and made him like him. So let's say if David was always baking bread for God, and he moved God has so much, God said, ah, because of this, I'm going to make sure your family is always blessed, your children, I'm going to raise a son of yours to also remain on the seat. Won't he raise the son to be a baker and even bake more bread? So if David's uniqueness before God was based on his singing, then Solomon should have been a very powerful singer. But Solomon's uniqueness has not got to do with singing. When you study scripture very carefully, Solomon's uniqueness was because he built the temple. So when Bible, when they said David is special to God, it's not because of his singing. Because Jesus Christ would have been a singer. Jesus Christ would have been a singer, but Jesus was not a singer. Jesus was a preacher. Right? But Jesus Christ's uniqueness was not because he was a preacher, because there were other preachers. The uniqueness of Jesus Christ was because of his assignment, what he came to do. That is why before he died, Listen to this very carefully. Before Jesus died, he was with people who had been with him for three years. Three solid years. And when the Bible says that when he came to Caesarea Philippi, Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, when they came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples uh, in the regions of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do... Men say, I, the son of man, am. Have you noticed that everybody has their opinion about Jesus? <laughs> to the extent that other religions who have what they think about Jesus. For instance, Islam believes that Jesus is in the Quran. And Islam has its own teachings about Jesus. Wrong, though. Religious leaders... Um, Hey, Selassie, he says he's believing Jesus. But a Jesus, hey, Selassie, believes in, it's not this Jesus that really, it might be same, looking like the same Jesus, but when you go down to who he really is, I don't think he believes in the Messiah, because the Messiah is a personality that has different assignments converging in one person. So the Messiah is, is a king, and at the same time, is a slave savior. The Messiah is a lamb, at the same time, is a shepherd. The Messiah 
is a con con conquering king. At the same time, he's a crucified conqueror. So in heaven, Isaiah saw a lamb. The Messiah is the only one in scripture who could be a priest and at the same time a king. In the Old Testament, you won't find anyone who is a priest and a king. They could be priests, but not a king. They could be a king like David was a king and a prophet, but he wasn't a priest. So in the Old Testament, no one was ever a king and a priest. Because to be a king, you must be in the tribe of Judah. To be a priest, you must be in the tribe of Levi. So you're either this tribe or that tribe. Right? But Jesus was not from the tribe of Levi, but he was a priest. And he was a king. This, this, this personality called the Messiah is, is more complicated than the natural mind can understand. And because of that, everyone tried to define the Messiah based on how their mind can understand. Not necessarily what the prophets have said. Because they pick a bit of what the prophets have said. That is why when Jesus was resurrected from the dead and he met disciples on the road of Emmaus, Emmaus in the book of Luke chapter 24 from verse 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. That was, he asked them, what are you guys talking about? And they said, we are talking about Jesus Christ and how he, we, we knew he was the prophet, the one to come and save us. But the elders of our community murdered him and killed him and on, today is the third day and some of our ladies went to the tomb and they said this, he's, he's not there and an angel told them he's alive and so we are confused about them. Jesus tells them, oh foolish ones. What? Jesus said to them, oh foolish ones and slow of heart to believe. Believe what? Believe all the prophets have said. You have only believed in part of it. Believe all because the scriptures does not contradict. Don't tell me the Bible contradicts itself because you are blind. You are wrong to suppose the Bible contradicts itself. You are not that intelligent. You would have been able to search it carefully and realize that, oh, it never contradicts anywhere. Because there are minds that are more intelligent than you who have actually discovered the truth and have done much greater things. So, foolish ones. Jesus, not me. Jesus said, okay. No, no, I mean, I can't tell you you are foolish. I only tell you what the Bible says. And the Bible says, foolish ones, slow ones, and slow of heart to believe in all the prophets have spoken. Oh, say oh. oh. Say oh. oh. Second, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All oh, scripture. Anybody who says he's a Christian and does not believe in some part of the scripture is not a Christian. You are not a Christian. You are not a true Christian. If you have the burden to say some part of the Bible, I don't believe. You are not a Christian. You are a religious, religious person. Practicing religion called Christianity. You are not a Christian. But all scripture is given by the breath of God. So Jesus said, in fact, Paul puts it this way in Acts chapter 24, verse 14. He says that, but I confess to you that according to the way which they call sect, you know, don't worry about how people define your worship. Say, so this is a sect, it's a cult. Oh. If we live in a society and a generation, the generation that want to brand names, give you names, names, names. Don't let them bother you. It's just a 
just branding to intimidate you to zip your mouth. So Jesus said, who do men say I am? But before that, Paul in Acts chapter 24 verse 14, he said, according to the manner in which they call sect, that in that I was so, I worship the God of, see, I'm worshiping the true God properly. They say it's cult. It's a sect. He says, so I worship, believing all, not some, all, I believe all the things which were written in the law and the prophets. So Jesus said, oh, foolish one, and slow of heart to believe all. Ought not the Messiah, ought not the Christ, the same thing. In Hebrew, it's Mashiach. In Greek, is Christos. In English, is Christ. But it means the same. So, Mashiach is the same as Christos, Hebrew, which is the same as Christ, English. So, he said, ought not the Messiah. I believe that one, some translation will use a Messiah. Uh-huh. Which was the NIV. Ought not the Messiah. So, Messiah is the Mashiach. More trans. Okay. Christ is translated from the Greek Christos. And Messiah is translated from the Hebrew Messiah. Okay, so it's the same thing. Ought not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? So that means that the suffering was a necessary aspect of the Messiah's personality. But they only thought the Messiah was a conqueror to come and deliver Israel from Roman rule. So they were interpreting the Messiah's role in the light of their current situation. And that is what, if you are not careful, you interpret Christianity, you interpret church, you interpret worship in the light of your current situation and you'll be wrong. Your, your, your current condition can cloud your spiritual judgment. That is why we don't have ever to move away from teaching the scriptures and opening it for you to see. So the Bible says that the word of God is the only thing that is able to save your soul. And the Bible says the word of God is powerful and is able to, is a designer of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, when we teach the word of God, it helps somebody to realize, I think I'm going off. I'm going off. But you come to church, the pastor preaches, you are upset. You better get ready to burn in hell. So when we talk about the Messiah, the Messiah is a combination of so many assignments in one person. That's why it's difficult for one person to be the Messiah, unless he's above human. Jesus Christ was fully human, but he was also fully God. So there are aspects of his messianic role that are fulfilled by a certain divine audacity, like dying to save us with his blood. No human being can save another human being with your blood. The blood must be a holy blood. The blood must be a unique blood. That's the only blood that can save us from our sins. The blood must be a sinless. There's no human being who is sinless, apart from the Messiah. The sinless one. So now let me, let me quickly go back to what I'm talking about. So when we talk about Christ, everybody tends to have an opinion. So Jesus Christ had to settle this situation. He said to his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, 
come. And some said, they said, some said John the Baptist, some said Elijah, Jeremiah, and the rest, and one of the prophets. And then he said, okay, that's okay what people say. People will always have their own opinions. But you who have been following me, I've been with you for three years. You've been coming to church for three months. You've been coming to church for three months. This Jesus thing, how deep is it inside you? That's what I mean, I've always been in church. Don't, that, that kind of language is nonsense unless you can prove its impact and its fruits in your life. I've been in church, I know church. You don't know church! You don't know church! Because if you know church, it will be showing in your life. If you know church, it will be showing in your life. How, you've been in church all this while, we can't, we can't see it. What evidence have you got to give? What evidence have you got to give? People have changed. They meet Jesus and they have changed. You will say, I've always been with Jesus and you are still stinking. Because of you, when angels are sent to come into our worship, I see that they come here, the angels say, mm, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't, I'm choking, can't breathe, God, get me out of here, that guy is there, can't breathe. This thing is not fake. It's not fake. We are not faking when we come to church, we lift our hands. We are not faking when we come to church and we kneel down. We are not faking when we are singing, here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you are mine. We are not faking when we say, I've come to draw, draw. been saying everything but you who do you say I am who do ask somebody who do you say Jesus is God bless you who do you say he is then they said Peter said you are the Christ ha you are the Christ you said Peter Peter you are the Christ the son of the living God the son of the living God Jesus said flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father. So what it is, is when we come to church, and then let me even finish that. Then afterwards, Jesus begins to tell them how he ought to go to Jerusalem and be arrested and by the elders and be killed. And on the third day, he will be raised again. He will rise and come back. Then Peter said, no, this doesn't look socially acceptable. He begins to rebuke Jesus for talking scripture. Stay away from people who tell you, I saw you everything in the Bible. Stay away from them. Stay away from them. They are telling you everything in the Bible. But everything, what, what should you say? But there must be a balance. A little here, a little there, a little there, a little there. Tell them, I've done that, those little, and hasn't brought me anything. So, Jesus Christ teaches them and speaks to them. Now, my, the text I've been telling you about, which I've gone very far away from, but I'm coming to that and we close. That when you look at the New Testament, for instance, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8. Interesting text. Let's all read it from the screen if you can. Let's go. Who? Jesus? What is Jesus? What is Jesus Christ? The seed of what? 
oh, oh. What has, why are you always mention David next to Jesus? At important junctions. For instance, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It talks about Jesus Christ. About the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Who? The son of David. Maybe you could have said the son of Mary. But before he traced him to Mary, he started with David. The son of David, the son of Abraham. Then he starts, okay, let me tell you the genealogy of Jesus. Abraham gave birth to uh, Isaac. Isaac, Jacob. Jacob, the twelve. Perez, Tama. Then it begins to tell the story of the, how Jesus, the, um, Jesus Christ's genealogy from Abraham comes through David, the king, verse 6. David, the king. And then David begat Solomon with somebody's wife. Who used, no, not somebody's wife, sorry. Who used to be somebody's wife? There's a difference. Yeah, yeah. Begat Solomon, the David begat Solomon by her who had been. It wasn't who was. But David wouldn't impregnate somebody's wife and the baby become a king under God's government. So that baby died. The baby died, but David said, this girl is so nice, I want her. Yeah. So when the husband died, the baby died. He went for her. I don't know what he got, he got inside her. But some people, when you go, you can't go be free again. No? There are some girls, when you go to them, chai. You can never be free again. Yes. So David then, David began Solomon and he went on and on and on and on to Mary, verse 16. But why did they say David? Romans chapter 1. Verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul, apostle of Jesus Christ. And it talks about how, um, according to, uh, uh, it's set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel of God. Then he spoke about the gospel. He said, the gospel concerning his son David, uh, his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David. Why do you have to bring David in this? What is it about David. Now, maybe people were saying it. How about Jesus himself? When he has gone to heaven, at least, he has gone to tell people, when he went to heaven, he never made reference to Mary. When he went to heaven, he came down on the Isle of Patmos to give the book of Revelation. And on the Isle of Patmos, ah, ooh, look at this. On the, there were seven churches. Okay? The churches were seven. Church of Ephesus. Church of um, 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 Smyrna, Church of Pegamos, Titeria, uh, Titi, Church of Titeria, Church of uh, Smyrna, Sardis, sorry, Sardis, and then Philadelphia, Laodicea. Yeah, I, I missed one. Um, let's start again. Church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pegamos, Titeria, and then Sardis. And then, yes, now, Philadelphia and Laodicea. All these churches, every one of the churches had some rebuke. Some had commendations and condemnation. So, for instance, Church of Ephesus in the verse 4, he said, but I have something against you. Verse, verse 2 and 3, he said, I know your works. And he commended them. You have done well. You have rejected You have done this. He commended them. Commendation. But then verse 4, he said, but I have something against you. Nevertheless, I have something against you. So that's almost all the church. Ephesus 
was amazing church, but Jesus had something in there. And then when you come to the, the church of Smyrna, it's the church that was suffering. The church that went through a lot. They were going through a lot. See, suffering sometimes can help you in your walk with God. So Jesus really didn't have a condemnation against them. They didn't condemn them. Then you come to the church of Pergamos. The church of Pergamos is the church where when you go there, you are not sure, uh, is it a nightclub or a church? <laughs> so church of Pergamos is a worldly church. Worldly church. You can go with your girlfriend and the pastor say, I understand, don't worry, one day you marry. 15 years later, you are still there having children, you are not married. The pastor said, it doesn't matter, God understands. God doesn't understand. And then, that's a worldly church. Jesus said that this worldly church, they follow the teachings of Balaam. The teachings of Balaam, who has taught them how to sacrifice to idols and commit fornication. In the verse 14. And then, after that, he goes to the church of Titeria. The church of Titeria is, is the worst version of uh, the church of Pergamos. It's worldly, but now, the, the pastor there is actually, he teaches you how to have fornication. Yeah. That's a very wild church to be. A church where the bishop, the bishop, the bishop is anti-God. Breaking scripture. Why are you doing it? What are you doing in a church like that? Unless you are not looking for Jesus. Uh, but that's our family church. Die there. Stay there and die. What do you mean by family church? We never get saved in groups. We never get saved in groups. We get saved to each one is according to your faith. Each one. In fact, in Second Second Corinthians chapter five verse ten, it says that for we must all say all, all. appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Watch this: that each one, not each group, not each family, you by yourself. A day is coming when you stand before God. You, one day you stand. You, you I'm telling you. One day you, you will stand, you look at me, look, I'm telling you, you one day you will stand before God, you. I don't believe, no problem, you will stand there, you will see. You, one day, we must all, it's a necessary requirement for being alive. We must all appear. By the time you die and wake up, you have appeared. They will carry you with a lift, straight there. Appear, we must all appear before the judgment seat of, and each one, that each one may give, may receive the things done in your body. Wow. No, oh, that's what God knows my heart. My heart is good. My spirit is good. God knows what. No, it's not your heart that is work. It's your body. Wow. Yes. Your body. You will give an account. <laughs> I now believe it. No problem. Get ready to die and you will see whether it's true or not. <laughs> you can't say I didn't know because Pastor David told you and showed you in the scripture. It is appointed. We must all appear. So now, it's not on a group basis. It's not on, a, it's on individual basis. God has a plan for your life. So the church of Titeria had a woman who was teaching them. Who was teaching them. And she called herself prophetess. And she was teaching. In, the, in those days, women didn't even teach. Let alone you allow. What is not normal that is happening? And now she's teaching you not only even she shouldn't teach you Bible, but she's teaching you to te and teaches to seduce and seduces my servants. Ah, you who should be called God's servant? Yes, 
You should be called God's servant. God's servant. God's servant. You are God's servant. But look, they are teaching you to, they are teaching you and seducing you to commit sexual immorality. Let's take your phone and see if there will not be some pictures on it. Anyway, so Jezebel taught them how to commit fornication and all that. That's the church of Tychia. Then we go to um, the church of Smyrna, right? Uh, Sardis, right? The church of Sardis, verse, chapter 3, verse 1. The church of Sardis, Jesus had to also bless them because they were not any better. They were also in the same worldly vein. Then he comes to the church of Philadelphia. Wow. Philae. Phileo is love. Phileo. Phileo. The Greek word for love is phileo. We have four. Stoige, agape, eros, phileo. So when you see erotica, uh, erotica movies, erotic movies, it's, it's, it's lustful, lust-driven, sexual, sexualized things. Okay, so if your little sister or little brother who is nine years old says, I've got some erotic stuff to watch, you scream, hey! Yeah, because erotica is sexualized stuff which is not good for people under a certain age. And even people above a certain age, if you want to remain sane and keep your sanity, you have to stay away from that. So you know what, whether it's good or bad, I think there's a lot to be for me to catch in scripture. I just keep myself. For the past seven years, I made, a, no, eight years, I made a covenant that I will just keep my eyes away from even Christian movies I don't watch. Wow. Not that it's bad. Because I don't want to do movies. I just want to do scriptures. So some of you are wondering, how do you remember scriptures? It's because I've taken time. It wasn't injected into my head. I have I've given myself to it. I've gi- I pay a price. Yeah. It's like see someone who's, uh, who has PhD in something. They pay the price. That's why you have only degree in the same thing. Degree in psychology, someone has PhD, they pay a higher price. Oh, yeah. You know, so life is for sale. Success in life is for sale. It depends on what price you are willing to pay. Pay the price and your, your destiny will be beautiful. Anyway, let me end by, because I was moving towards Philadelphia. <laughs> and when he mentions Philadelphia, he tells the church of Philadelphia, to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? This thing says, says he, who is holy? Who is true? He who has the key of he has to bring David in. The best church that was addressed was the church of Philadelphia. But when he was about to address the church, he said, listen, me, I'm connected to David. Ah, what is this about David that Jesus in heaven? And then when he finished the whole book of Revelation, when it was about to end in Revelation chapter, 20, chapter 22, verse 16, he said, this is what I, Jesus, saying. He said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things of the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. Ah, what is it about this David? Is it his singing? It can't be his singing. It can't be because there were other singers. There's only one thing that was unique about David. Let me show you, he referred to it. He brought, he hinted it in the church of Philadelphia again. So he says that I am he who has the key of David. I shut, oh, I love this. I have the key of David. I open, he who opens and no one shuts, and I shut and no one opens. Let's go on. I know your works. See, I have said before, this church never had condemnation, only commendation. See, I've said before you an open door and no one can shut. What it means is that if you apply this key, there's no breakthrough that you can be denied in life. Wow. 
Jesus will oversee that any good thing that must come, nobody can, no demon can interfere with it. If you have this key right, he said, I have the key of David. I shut and no one opens. I open and no man shut. And he says that I know your works. I've said before you had opened door and no one can shut it. For you have, you have, uh, you have a little strength. Have kept my word and have not denied my name. You guys are amazing. Look at the next verse. The, the, the next verse. Indeed, I will make those of, watch this, this is important. Those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. He said, they say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I'll make them come and worship. Now, this is what it means. I'm going to something deeper. They are amongst us in our worship. They are a synagogue of Satan, but they say they are actually worshipers. He said, I'm going to put a rat in their legs. <laughs> two, two rats. Yeah. So they, they look like genuine worshipers. But when you go close to them, you can realize that this is Satan's highway. Listen, there are some people in church, you really don't have to befriend. You have to be nice to, hello, sister, hello, bro. Nice to see you, hello. When they say go around, shake somebody, you go around and shake them. It's nice to see you, God bless you. I'll talk later after church. (laughs) You have to stay far away from them because the closer you are to them, the more likely you are operating in a territory Satan can take advantage over you because they are synagogues of Satan. Now, the church of Titeria, Philadelphia had some important things in their lives. And it says you have kept the word of God. When you keep the word of God, God opens the door no one can shut. But not just that. I said, look at the synagogue of Satan, verse 9 again. Verse 9, they are synagogue of Satan. And um, I've made them come and bow before you and worship uh, you who have loved, uh, have loved you. Look at the next verse, verse 10. Because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I will, watch this, I will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to test all that dwell on the earth, or, or those who dwell on the earth. The next verse. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which you have, that no one take your crown. That means you already have the crown because of a certain life you are living. You don't entertain the synagogue of Satan. It's a price to pay. And that is what David did. Look at the next verse. Let's see what verse 12. Let's, let's look at this one. He who overcomes, I'll make him a pillar, a pillar, a pillar where? In the temple of my God. Ah, David's biggest secret. David was so much interested in the church, he became something the church can be built on. Pillars are different from bricks. Or blocks or stones. Pillars, a lot of things rest on pillars. This building, uh, you see all these things, you see, uh, they are resting on some pillars. Hey, sometimes when you go to underground car parks, you see a lot of heavy pillars. Meanwhile, it's, it's like on the car park, especially you go to a place like Canary Wharf. The car park is under about a 20-story building. Meanwhile, the car park is there. And it won't collapse. Why? Because pillars. He said, I will make you a pillar in the house of God or in the temple of God. When others are synagogue of Satan, you shall be a pillar in the temple of God. Why? Because David was always thinking about how can I build for God? How can I serve faithfully? 
How can I get involved in this church thing? How can I not become a problem in the church? How can I be a blessing in the church? He said, listen, I'm going to make you a pillar. He said, I'm open door for you. No one can shut it. Listen, I'm going to make your future bright. Listen, I'm an example. I'm a, today, I speak to you as, by God's grace with humility, somebody who is almost like a pillar in, in a church. Yes. Encourage, at least if nowhere, encourage, I'm a pillar. Yes. I'm a pillar. Last Sunday, I wasn't in church. Didn't you feel it? Yes. You felt it? Why? Because a pillar was not around. A pillar was not around. I say this in humility. When you make God your priority, he will make you the priority of life. You'll be ahead of many people. People, people will not get the, the chance to come and tell you, sorry, sorry. I feel sorry for you. Oh, sorry. No! God will give them a chance. When they come to you, they'll say, oh, boy, can you show me how you do it? I want to be like you. Can you show me how you do it? Why? Because you have prioritized God. You have kept his word. Yes, yes, yes. You have not followed Lucifer. You have not followed Jezebel. You haven't followed the synagogue of Satan. Mm. But you have kept the word of God. Listen, it might, it, might be, it might not be that easy because we are all coming from different backgrounds. It doesn't matter what happens. Never stay away from church. It doesn't matter. Whether you are offended, whether you are off- not offended, whether you are in pain, whether you've messed up, whether you have not messed up, doesn't matter the state. Don't stay away from church. Keep God's word and keep pushing yourself. Jesus will help you. There's somebody here. I feel God is helping you so much. Satan has tried to use your weakness against you to make you feel so useless. That's what he does. That's his job. His full-time job. And he's getting a lot of salary for it. Satan, yeah. He gets seven-figure salary. (laughs) Just to make sure you feel bad about yourself. I'm not talking to somebody. I I know you don't want it. Your life is going in a direction. You don't want it. But people are judging you. Sometimes you wish... I wish God can just help you. Forget about people. Make it to Christ. Don't dwell on the head. Think about building your future. Just walk with Jesus. Okay? You can do it. Tell somebody, yes, we can. can. Shake the person on the shoulder. Tell them, yes, we can. Don't, Don't give up. Don't give up. Never say, my temptations are too much. And as for me, the feelings you don't know, we all have it all. But just that you don't know. And we are all pushing forward. So join us. It's a team. It's a farm. We we are farm. We are family. Let's push together. Let's push together. Let's push together. Let's say let's push together. We are pushing in Christ. God bless you for listening to the amazing message. We pray your life can never be the same. Don't forget to like and subscribe to Carish Church on YouTube and to listen to more messages from David Entry on all relevant streaming platforms. You can also connect with David Entry and our youth ministry on social media. Find David Entry on Instagram and TikTok at davidentry underscore and find our youth ministry at Caris Phase 2 on Instagram and TikTok and at Caris on Campus on Snapchat. Be blessed.